Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special episode of Part of Cultura. We have a special treat for you today, being that this episode goes live today on October 31st, Halloween. Today, we are continuing our spooky episodes lineup with what we are referring to as podcast stories. Basically, we have three different stories for you, all different levels of scary. All stories are written, narrated, and voiced by our fellow members. So without further ado, let's begin with our first tale. LFTA presents The Night of Her Death, written by Arlene Linares and narrated by Lisette Vega. Hope you all enjoy. The Night of Her Death by Arlene Linares. Looking outside the window after watching a horror movie. Oh wow, it's night already? Out of the corner of her eye, Nova looked down the street. It was pitch black, all except for a run-down street light hovering over the edge of a crooked street. No cars or people walked by, just a lonely street. The shadow of the night cast a black hole down the street, all except for a spot where the lamppost hung on the pavement for dear life. The pole, illuminating a flicker light, gave out a scare to the eye. Nova realized that someone, no, something, was staring at her. When she blinked, the dark figure disappeared. She swiftly turned her gaze away from the street and to her window. She froze still every inch of her stinging with fear. It was the same dark, tall figure she saw on the street, only this time. She could see its reflection in the mirror, meaning it was right behind her. She felt a sudden chill run up her spine. Nova freaked out and turned immediately, her heart thumping out of her chest. She yelled in a shaky voice, Who's there? Trying to compose herself, she took a long, deep breath. In her thoughts, I'm probably just flustered. After all, I did just finish watching a scary movie, and I'm home alone. It makes sense. However, something didn't feel right. Her stomach was curled up into a ball of anxiety. A feeling of terror clung onto her and wouldn't let go. She took this feeling with a precaution and went throughout her whole two-floor house to make sure every window and door was shut tightly. However, that feeling of anxiety was still lingering within her, even though she had her house alarm set. Nova couldn't shake the unsettling feeling as though something was there. She rushed without hesitating to her kitchen to grab the sharpest knife she could find. Once she grabbed the knife, she felt as though she was being watched cautiously. That anonymous stare made Nova sprint to her room as though she was running away from a vicious killer. Breathing heavily, she shut the door and locked it tightly, avoiding anything in her room that had a reflection. However, when she ran through her room towards her bed, she had her head down the whole time. Little did she know that the dark figure's reflection appeared right before her. Nova leaped onto her bed, covered herself, turned off her bedside light, and clutched the knife with tremendous force under her pillow. She was too afraid to open her eyes. The blanket lay covering her head. She began to feel someone tugging at her covers by her feet. Along with the tugging, she heard heavy breathing above her. Cold hands began to touch her head. She had a knife, but was too paralyzed she couldn't bring herself to use it against this dark figure. 
While uncovering her face, the bedside light began to flicker. She began to scream. Ah! The dark figure was smiling right at her. She didn't know what to do. She was in a coma of fear, the shock not allowing her to move a muscle. Nova gathered enough strength to turn her head. She looked at her locked door. Standing by the door, she saw three young people. She blinked rapidly, eyes fluttering like a hasty butterfly. The tears rolled down her cheeks in waves of synchronized fear. Those strangers she saw, she recognized them. The three people lay still, staring intensely at Nova. Their eyes piercing right through Nova's soul. A deep, sinister darkness reflecting out of them. They stare motionless at Nova, then they speak. One of the three people asked, How'd you like the movie? They asked with blood flowing through their galactic black eyes. In one fellow motion, they rush at Nova, and Nova screams! Big shout out to Arlene for that spooky tale of what happens when the scary movie you just watched comes to life before your very eyes. Up next on our lineup is a tale of five of our members who decided it was a good idea to venture into the underground tunnels at night. What they encountered that fateful night they will never forget. LFTA presents The Underground Tunnels, written by Brian Murguia. Narrated by Lisette Vega and voiced by Alan Gallardo, Natalia Delgado, Brian Murguia, Deiri Chacon, and Jose Luis Herrera. Enjoy the story. You may have heard of the UCLA underground tunnels, especially if you're a student. Heck, you probably tried looking for an entrance, googled it only to wind up on Reddit with a really old post and sketches of entrances and exits. You may have even gone down there yourself. But there is something those posts could never begin to explain, something no Google search would reveal. Our members know. Welcome to the untold story of what happens that windy February night, when our members J.L., Natalia, Alan, Brian, and Dady ventured into the tunnels to discover something they've never expected. Enjoy the story. Hmm, it's empty. Brian is in the basement floor of Campbell Hall. Fresh out of the elevator lies a narrow hall, not very big in size. Down the short hall is a room with double doors and a staircase to its left that leads back up. Chairs and tables are stacked against the wall, and there is no option to turn right. A wall stops that from happening. Straight ahead lies two big double doors with no number on them. Usually classrooms or offices are numbered. The door is large and something straight out of a horror movie. Brian inspects his surroundings and walks towards the door. He grabs a hold of the knob and slowly turns it clockwise. It opens. He lets out a surprised gasp. I found it. Brian whispers. He creeps it open just enough and walks in. Cool. Found an entrance. Brian is surrounded by large metal pipes and dirt. At the end of a seemingly endless tunnel is a bright light. He walks slowly. But the crunching of the dirt and his shoes make noise. He then hears a metal bang. The heck was that? Brian stays still for a moment, trying to make up his mind on whether to leave or not. 
he decides to leave and hurries out of the tunnel, out of the door, and up the stairs. Once outside, he tastes the fresh, cold university air. Well, that was something. Hmm, I wonder. Ryan had a thoughtful expression on his face. It is now Friday night, and the members are all at TLT for their fundraiser. The clock hits 9.30, and they decide it is time to leave. Wait, guys, l- let me finish my burrito first. You can eat it on the way. They're probably going to kick us out. They can't kick me out. I'm a paying customer. You got that burrito for free. Oh, yeah. Regardless, we should get going if you want to check out the tunnels. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of scared. What's there to be scared of? Mummies, zombies, ghosts. My midterm exam grade. Oof, I feel you on that one. We'll be fine. Just stick with me. The group reaches the first entrance. JL rushes to the door and disappears. Someone's excited. JL rushes back, out of breath. Fool, how are you out of breath? You just went down the ramp and back up. You either ran from something, or you need to lay off the puffs. Why are you exposing me like that, fool? Is it closed? Yeah, it's closed. Everyone whines in discontent. Uh, oh, come on. Just try a different entrance, guys. Okay, do you know another entrance? It's not like there's a door that says tunnels on it. Brian motions to everyone to follow him. They enter an elevator to a basement floor and hop off the elevator. The whole group is staring at a wooden double door in front of them. Now, would you look at that? The door literally says two tunnels. Guess we found out Dady can read. Fuck off. How'd you find this place? Yeah, looks kind of sketch. We're on the basement floor. Nothing below the first floor looks like Disneyland. Ooh, I could go for some Disneyland churros. Oh yeah, I'm sure you'll find these here. Diddy mimics what Brian just said in discontent. Natalia steps forward and grabs the door handle. Everyone follows. She freezes. Wait! She exclaims. Everyone screams. What? What? What's wrong? What's wrong? We have to film this for the content. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Good idea, Natalia. That way, if anything happens to us, there will be footage as proof. Why would something happen to us? Oh, like that one video of that one guy who went to the, um, whatchamacallit, the, it was underground. Oh, yeah, well, um, that totally narrows it down. No, like where there were skeletons and shit. The graveyard? Disneyland? The lost city of Olympus? Mount Rushmore? No, it's like in Paris. Croissant? No, you say it like this. Croissant! Everyone except JL is saying croissant overly French. Kind of stereotypical, actually. Wait, is this story racist? I didn't sign on for this. You can't pay me enough to narrate this garbage. Bruh, it's not racist, just read it. I stayed up all night writing it. I was sleepy and very loopy, but still. Mm-hmm, I can tell. Not your best work. It really isn't. Mm, could be better. Okay, okay, I know. It's not great, but it's still something. Can we just get back to the story, narrator? The overworked and underappreciated narrator continues the story. Oh, brother. Well, are you gonna let me narrate or not, demands the narrator. Okay, okay. Narrate, por favor. Pretty please, Brian reluctantly answers. I'm not saying it. I said, Brian reluctantly tells the narrator. Pretty please. Now we're talking. 
The squad makes their way through the tunnels using their phones as light. They stumble upon a dead end. What's a dead end? Yeah, Professor Evidence. What did you just say? Professor Evident. It's Captain Obvious. I know, but everyone uses that. Plus, we're in college where there are professors, and Evidence sounds smarter. It'll catch on. Brian begins to turn around. The rest follow, leaving Dady trailing, still contemplating about her awful professor's evident phrase that will never catch on. It'll catch on. She screams after them. Dady runs to catch up, but then stumbles on a wire. Hey, what's this? Dady is confused and calls out to her friends. She inspects the wire, revealing a thick black piece sticking through the dirt with the initials P.B. engraved in a gold color scheme. She pulls the wire up. Meanwhile, the group... We should have waited for Dady. I'm sure she's right behind. They hear a loud scream. <coughs> They're all frozen but snap out of it and call out to Dady only to rush back. When they arrive, Dady is gone. On the floor is the rope she picked up and pulled. What's this? That's called the rope. Bruh, I know what it is, but why is it here, sticking out from the ground? Probably like maintenance work or something. Guys, where's Dady? She was just here. We just left her. Then we hear a scream and she's gone. That's not normal. I mean, it is in every scary movie. This isn't a scary movie, though. Yeah, it's not. If it were, this would be right about the time the lights go out. But we have our phone. The lights go out. On their phones. You just had to say it. Relax, it's just a phone. The battery runs out. We have other phones. Ryan reaches for his phone and turns on the flashlight. Alright, listen up. We find Dady and get the heck out of here. No splitting up. Only bad can come from that. I really gotta pee though. We'll hold it. Alright, but it's going to be raging waters up in this bitch. Fool, that's gross. Copy in the corner or something. Isn't that defacing school property? Better than defacing us. Wait, weren't these tunnels supposed to be like where they keep stuff and maintenance workers do, you know, maintenance? I haven't seen any of that. Maybe we went another way? Y'all continue discussing. I'ma go pee. JL runs off to find somewhere to pee. In the middle of it, he recalls something. Catacombs. That's what it was. The Paris catacombs. This kind of reminds me of that. JL freezes and looks straight ahead. There is writing on the wall. Hey, wasn't the rope Dady found engraved with the initials PB? Wonder what it means. PB, PB, peanut butter? JL finishes urinating and pulls out a moist towelette and some hand sanitizer. Glad I carry these around. JL inspects the writing on the wall. He touches it with his hand and notices something strange. There's an outline around it. What the heck is this? JL pushes the wall, and the wall opens with JL stumbling inside it as he lets out a quick shriek. <coughs> Back at the group, Brian, Alan, Natalia await JL's return. He's taking forever. I mean, who goes to pee in the middle of an underground tunnel exploration? Don't forget Dady disappeared, so it turned into a mystery. Oh, that's right. Dady disappeared. I forgot. You forgot a whole ass person disappeared? Well, it's Dady, so I, I mean, could you blame me? Shortly after Brian finishes his sentence, JL's shriek is heard. Was that JL? They rush over towards the screen. 
JL is nowhere to be found. Brian shines his light on the wall to reveal the initials PB on the wall, and below it, a moist towelette and hand sanitizer. Yep, JL was just here. How can you tell? He carries hand sanitizer and moist toilets everywhere he goes. I mean, why would anyone do that? Tisk tisk. Such a shame. They had no idea of the incoming pandemic about to change the world. But anyways, back to the story. Those are the same initials that we saw on the rope where Diddy disappeared. Wonder what they mean. PB. Peanut butter? This is starting to get insidious, psycho, killer, paranormal levels of scary. Oh, that's a lot of movies mixed in there. My point is, this is not normal. We not only have to find JL, but now Dady. I mean, do we really have to find Dady? Yeah, we need her for my movie, Meat Lover. I mean, but do we really need her for that as well? I'm surrounded by clowns. Natalia begins to storm off. Wait, where are you going? Find Dady and JL and get out of here. Wait, I'll come with you. Alan races after Natalia, leaving Brian by himself. Brian begins to analyze the wall once more. Hmm. That really is strange. PB. Maybe it's not a phrase, but a person's name. Like P or Patricia. But what would the B stand for? My battery is running low. Well, JL may carry hand sanitizer wherever he goes, but I carry a portable charger. Brian connects his phone to the charger and examines the tunnel as he heads the way Alan and Natalia ran off, thinking to himself. Wouldn't this be the time I get kidnapped or trapped or killed or something like that in a movie? Brian freezes, expecting something to happen. Nothing. I knew it. Just a little BS. But I am curious where Joe and Dady went. Meanwhile, somewhere in the tunnels, Dady is surrounded by rust colored old tables and chairs stacked up to the ceiling. It looks like an abandoned classroom. Where the fuck am I? Hello? Can anyone hear me? What is this? Thady sits on the floor, thinking a way to escape. Ten minutes pass, and still nothing. Suddenly, she hears a rumbling noise, and a hole in the wall emerges. Pitch black at first. Then screaming is heard. Thady screams too. Meanwhile, inside the wall, JL is sliding down towards Dady. He hears a scream, so he screams louder. Dady, having heard him screaming, screams even louder. It gets to a point to where they are both screaming at the top of their lungs. JL comes swooping into the room and the wall behind him closes. Dady watches as a puzzle JL emerges and the wall behind him closes. What in the Hogwarts was that? Dady? What are you doing here? Where are we? Oh no. Are you going to kill me? I would have never expected you. I always thought that maybe Alan because we didn't let him eat his burrito, but never you. Fine, do it quick. I got a concert to go to in heaven with Selena. Chill out. I'm not going to kill you. I don't even know where we are. I came through the ground. The ground? Yeah, I pulled a rope and a trapdoor made me fall to what I thought was my death. Although it felt more like a slide. Yeah, it felt like one of those jungle gym slides, but like a hundred times larger. How do we get out, though? I don't know. I've been in here trying to figure that out, and then you showed up. There must be a way out. What kind of psychopath would do this? At least make it so we have Wi-Fi. So insensitive. Don't worry. I'm sure the others will find us, right? 
They have to. I mean, they're probably searching for us right now. I hope. Back in the tunnels, Natalia and Alan are trying to decide which way to go. Heads we go left, tails we go right. All right, but... Alan flips the coin, launching it into orbit in what feels like the longest coin flip of his life. The coin lands. It's tails. Well, the coin has spoken. We go right. Yeah, right out of here or right to our doom. And shouldn't we wait for Brian? He probably didn't even follow us. You know, he doesn't get scared of stuff like this. Alan, this is different. This isn't a scary movie or a maze. It's not a... Natalia makes quotation marks with her fingers. Haunted place. At least it's not supposed to be. He'll be fine. He's probably telling himself ghost stories to pass the time. I guess so. Natalia and Alan follow the tunnel to the right and disappear. Only 30 seconds later, Brian emerges playing a song out loud. Natalia was right. This song is a jam. Brian realizes that the tunnels split in two. Hmm. I'd flip a coin, but I don't have one. My gut says right, but my gut is kind of messed up from that horchata I drink, so I don't know if I should trust it. Brian is taking forever to choose a damn tunnel to go through. Well, excuse me, narrator, but this is sort of a critical part in the story. So I don't know, maybe I want to make a smart decision? Brian gets swarmed by a pack of wild hyenas and screams for his life for aggravating the narrator. Okay, come on, that's not how this works. You don't get to call the shots around here. Can you just, like, you know, narrate and shut up? The narrator stands up and leaves to take an aspirin. Okay, well, that's just great. Fine, I'll narrate this story. Brian picks up his lightsaber and creates a hole in the wall, only to reveal everyone chained around a pole. A figure in a black mask approaches him wielding a red saber. He lunges at him. But Brian earthbends the villain above his head, launching him upwards. Brian jumps up, slashing the villain with his saber. Then money randomly falls from the top, and- The narrator flips out on Brian. Seriously? I'm gone for a minute, and you turn this into a horse Star Wars and Avatar story? Are you kidding me? I don't see the problem here. An angry and frustrated narrator yells, Just get back to the story! Alright, alright. Now that I have defeated you, villain, with my awesome bending- The real story, the narrator warns. Fine. Oh no, I wonder which way I should go. I know, I'll go left. I sure hope nothing happens to me. Brian chooses a left tunnel not knowing it was the wrong one. He disappears into it. In the other tunnel, Natalia and Alan are searching for any exits. You really think there are random exits? Oh yeah, totally. I read that there are a lot of entrances, but also a lot of exits. Something you wouldn't even expect. Wait, what if Dady found an exit by accident and just ditched us? She wouldn't do that, right? Alan glances at Natalia. She wouldn't. Maybe JL, heck, even Brian to try to spook us, but not Dady. All I'm saying is that it's a possible. Do you hear that? What? I don't hear anything. There is faint music being heard deeper in the tunnel. Natalia and Alan follow the strange music. It leads them to another dead end. Are you freaking kidding me? Another dead end? Hey, no, look. 
Natalia shines her flashlight over a ladder to the right of the dead end. With joy in her voice, Natalia exclaims, A ladder! We can climb out! I don't know if I can trust it. Looks pretty old. Okay, so then would you rather stay here and have a campfire with whatever's hunting down our friends? Did I hear C-A-M-P-F-I-R-E? Alan! Fine, I'm going. Hold your s'mores. Natalia notices that the edge of the ladder is engraved with the same initials as before, P-B. Alan and Natalia climb up the ladder and arrive at a small tunnel pointing downward. Frightened, Natalia exclaims. Okay, what the fudge is this? I swear this is some kind of Halloween, Saw, Michael Myers shit, and I don't like it. Alan stares at the hole of empty darkness. Maybe we should go down. Did you inhale too much of JL's hand sanitizer? Why would we go down? We're trying to get out, up, not down. How is that going? Alan interrupts Natalia to point out the music being heard off the distance. Do you hear that? It's the same music we heard earlier. We should follow it. It sounds like... Is... Is that Ariana Grande? Great, so the devil listens to Ariana. Big deal, Alan. I'm not going down there. Wait. Who else listens to Ariana? Gee, I don't know. A, a shit ton of people. Well, yes. But... JL does. Your point is... What if he's down there? What? With the devil? Shit, let him party with him. I'm staying here. Suit yourself. Alan jumps through the tunnel and disappears, leaving Natalia by herself. Meanwhile, in the tunnel, Alan is freaking out as the tunnel explodes through an open hole in the wall and drops him right in front of Dady and JL. Dady and JL are startled and freaking out. Ah! Oh, oh, it's just you, Alan. Need help? No, I'm fine, really. No need to help me out, you know. I just fell out of a hole in the wall. Uh, so what? We fell out too. You're not special. How'd you find us? I heard the music. Ari. Yeah, and Natalia was with me. I told her it must be you, but she didn't believe me. She thought you were in hell vibing with the devil. So she stayed up there. And Brian? We have no idea. We sort of lost him, but if we can convince Natalia that it's safe to climb down here, we can almost all be reunited again and find a way out. Okay, but how are we going to convince her to slide down here if she thinks it leads to hell? I have an idea. Natalia staring at the tunnel Alan went into. She begins to hear a song again, only this time, a song she recognized very clearly. Either Satanas is tricking me, or that's Alan sending a message to slide down. I don't know what to do. Stay here by myself and find a way out, or find out where this goes. That song do be hitting, though. I better not regret this. Natalia slowly prepares to go down the dark tunnel, and when she enters, she realizes it drops down. She's now sliding directly down in the dark, yelling at the top of her lungs. She emerges through the top of the small room where everyone is trapped in. The top of the room opens enough to reveal Natalia sliding down. She lands in front of her friends. Natalia! I'm so happy to see you. Yes, it worked. I knew if I played Jellyfish Jam, I knew you'd come. How'd you know that? And why that song? Who in their right mind would think of playing Jellyfish Jam? It had to be something Natalia would recognize as a sign. And well, Jellyfish Jam is sort of our inside joke. So I knew if she heard it, she'd trust it was safe. Where are we? We have no idea. I got sent down here when I pulled that rope. I got stuck here when I fell through the hole in the wall. 
And you and I came through the ladder. I've been here since then checking for a way out, but I don't see any. How can there be multiple ways to get in, but no way out? Yeah, this is low-key giving me the heebie-jeebies. Brian is our only hope now, I guess. Unless... Unless what? Unless he planned all this. How would he plan all of this? You're saying he built all the tunnels, this empty room, and all those traps? For what? Um, maybe he didn't build them. But perhaps he knew of them. But others have gone into the tunnels way before us. They've never reported any of this. It would have been known by now. There's no mention of this on the very much real tunnel tour they give out monthly. Maybe they don't show it because it's not meant to be used. Then why create all of this? At the center of the room, a creaking begins to happen followed by a loud metal noise. Everyone begins to freak out, running away from the center. A door is flung open towards the room. There are steps leading up the room and a head begins to pop out revealing Brian's holding a box of cookies and a milkshake. Sub losers. Everyone is in disbelief at the sight of Brian just standing there in the middle of the room with cookies. Sup. That's all you have to say. Alright, how rude of me. Handing Diddy a box. Cookies? They're Diddy Reese. There's enough for everyone. Screw the cookies. I'm trying to get out of here. JL shoves past Brian and runs down the steps. Everyone follows except Brian. So this is a famous room, huh? A sight to see. Brian walks down the steps and into a dark, cold night. Eddie is munching down cookies. You better explain what's going on before I punch you. Dude, were you trying to scare us? Did you plan this? Yes and no. Explain. Okay, so yes, I plan to scare you, but I was just planning on splitting up and jump scaring you all. I never thought it would turn out this good. So all that back there wasn't you? No, of course not. I'm a soch major. You think I'm going to be able to calculate how deep to dig and do all those fancy smanchy measurements? What I look like a South Campus student? So how did you find us and how did you escape? I escaped by not freaking out like y'all. It's a university. You think they're not going to make a shit ton of exits? They know students are going to come down here. I exited behind bunch. Then I got bored and went to get cookies. You want to go get cookies instead of finding us? I figured y'all exited already and left me there. I didn't know you were still down here. So, how'd you find us then? Your location. How is that possible? We don't even have our sh- Oh, we have signal. You know, now that I think about it, how are we able to play Jellyfish Jam without signal? Yeah, you guys were actually on the ground floor. No, but we went down. Yeah, from like the fourth floor. Fourth floor? Yes, y'all are in the parking structure underneath the IM field. I'm sorry, but how the fuck did we end up here? Okay, so these tunnels lead everywhere, all over school, right? Uh-huh. Keep talking. So, I guess somehow we misdirected and went towards the field. Now, I've heard how when a prominent person visits UCLA, they use these tunnels. But what I didn't know was that they had a special room where they exited. Because after all, the paparazzi is relentless. And some tunnels aren't going to stop them. So they built these secret entrances into these rooms that lead directly to the parking structure. It's brilliant if you think of it. Horrifying is what it is. Wait, but then how'd you know about this? And what about the PB initials? My dentist used to go here back in the day when they were building the room. He told me all about it. Small world, ain't it? As for the PB, I don't know about it. 
Although... Nah, never mind. It's nothing. What is it? Now you gotta tell us. Well, okay. It's a stretch, but it's what I got. So my dentist said that there was an old legend of a mass phantom that roamed the tunnels at night in search of his next victim. Oftentimes, students are familiar with the tunnels. Now, I don't believe that, but it is an old legend. How come I haven't heard of it? Yeah, me neither. Well, for starters, you hadn't even heard of the secret room. And also, it's sort of a lesser known legend that the school tried really quick to crush. And so not many people know about it. Wait, so then the P in the initial stands for Phantom? What does the B stand for? Hmm, I don't know. Bozo? Booger? I don't think Phantom Booger is gonna scare many people, Alan. Bitches! It was a cult. Bruin? Bruin, yeah, that makes sense. Oh yeah, mm. Phantom Bruin, huh? Pretty killer name. Ha, huh, because he's supposed to be a killer. I get it. Good dad joke. I wasn't trying to make it a- you know what, sure. Let's just go enjoy our cookies and get cleaned up. Tonight's been long. Sounds good to me. Good, because I got to pee again. Not again. You got the bladder of a peanut. Don't know so peanuts. A group begins to walk into the cold night. Brian remains a couple of steps behind. He turns to the room where his friends were trapped and glances over with a smirk. Phantom Bruin, huh? Brian whispers under his breath. It's catchy. The end. Was he the Phantom or wasn't he? I guess we'll never know. Props to Brian on his comical take of a spooky story involving the UCLA underground tunnels. Now on to the final story of our episode. This seemingly almost romantic take on a horror tale is ought to send a shiver up your spine. Without further ado, LFTA presents Dedicated to the One I Love by Mariah Hernandez Narrated by Brian Murguia Enjoy! Dedicated to the One I Love by Mariah Hernandez It hurts seeing her hurt. That's how it goes, right? The line from that one movie you watched 38 nights ago with the boy and his first girlfriend and the dad stalking his ex-wife. My love, I am by no means the poet I know you wish the man of your dreams to be, but I love you. I love you more than you may ever know. It's unhealthy could even get me institutionalized, to be honest. The way I am drawn to you is downright mad, maybe even wrong, but I cannot help myself. I've heard you talk to your friends, going on about how, if he isn't as obsessed with you as Edward is with Bella Swan, you do not want him. Do you truly mean these words that fall from your intoxicating lips? It tempts me. It's as if you are calling on me to reveal this secret I've held from surfacing for so long, tried so hard to hide. But alas, I can't bring myself to do it. Knowing the pain that will overcome me when you go running for the hills from the weight of it. My last one did and so may you. And I know you aren't over him. 
The one whose name you mutter as you are deep in your dreams sometimes. But I promise you, if you let me, I could give you more love than you'd ever dreamt of. I would never abandon you in your worst nightmares. Maybe love you just a little too much, but never leave you. Hell, I'd even eat the crumbs of your midnight snacks if that meant simply being in your presence, barely close enough to smell your scent, the sweet scent of sunshine and lavender shampoo. But I love you and all your weird little quirks. The way you cackle at your silly movies late at night. The one you let surface when no one else is around to hear. How you pull your sheet right above your eye level just so you don't catch anyone else looking back at you one night. The way you talk to yourself sometimes just to feel less alone. If you want someone to love you, the entirety of you, you don't have to look too far. You just can't see me nor the adoration I have for you. And I wish you would just open your eyes one night to see me there. The one who is the answers to your prayers, your cries. The one who, in your words, would love 100% of you because someone in this goddamn world of 8 billion people has to. Until then, I'll be waiting. Just a few steps and a climb up the ladder away inside the attic. Big thanks to Mariah for that spooky monologue. I'm sure we'll all be checking our attics just in case. And with that, we have reached the end of our episode. A huge shout out to all those who helped put together this special episode of Part of Cultura. We're definitely looking to make more of these in the future. As always, make sure to follow our Instagram, LFTAUCLA, where we post updates on all our projects, as well as a link to all of them. And while you're at it, why don't you be dears and subscribe and rate us one gazillion stars wherever it is you listen to podcasts, por favor. Or I guess five will do as well. Check out our TikTok at LFTA underscore talks for some other fun content. And make sure to head on over to our YouTube channel, Latinx Film and Theater Association, if you prefer to listen to Pot of Cultura on there. Leave a like and don't forget to subscribe. And that's all for this episode. This has been Pot of Cultura. Until next time, adios.